Welcome to another episode of Maya Online, a podcast of Hebrew College. Learn more about Maya Online at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash Maya Online. Maya is spelled M-E-A-H. Today's podcast continues a series in which we explore the Maya Online course, Journey Through the Bible, with renowned Bible scholar, Professor Mark Brettler from Duke University. Today, The Song of Songs, one of the most famous books of poetry in Western civilization, and a departure in many ways from other biblical texts. You must read The Song of Songs. It is probably the finest book of poetry in the Bible, and one of the finest books of poetry within Western literature. But before you read it, I would like to orient you about several what I believe to be facts concerning the Song of Songs. Even though the book begins, Shir Hashirim Asher Lishlomo, I remind you of that alliteration, the Song of Songs of Solomon. I think that here, as in most other cases in the Bible, the attribution to Solomon is secondary, and this should not frame the way in which you read the book. It is not about Solomon, it is not by Solomon, but rather, as I say in my second bullet point, it is a collection of various love, or in some cases, erotic poems from ancient Israel. Such love and erotic poems, as I say in my third bullet point, are very much a part of ancient Near Eastern literature. We in contemporary America are not the first generation to think of love, we are not the first generation to write love poetry, and we are not the first people to think about Eros. This was as important in the ancient world as it is in the modern world. The Song of Songs is also an outlier in the way in which it depicts premarital love and sex. Read the song carefully. It is dealing with a relationship or a set of relationships between between unmarried lovers. There is nothing in the song which suggests that the couple or the couples that are being depicted are married. It seems to suggest that the couple engages in various types of sexual activity and has no pro- and the text has no problems with that. Thus, this should be a good reminder of the range of attitudes that you have in the Hebrew Bible toward almost any issue, including the issue of premarital sexual activity. You might very well know that the book of Song of Songs in Jewish tradition has been interpreted allegorically. Thus, often it is understood as a historical allegory concerning the relationship between God and Israel, where God is the husband, because of course the husband is more powerful, and Israel is the wife. Similarly, within the church, it is understood as an allegory, often having Jesus as the center of the allegory. But there is nothing in the song itself to suggest that it is allegorical. I believe, and this brings me to the next to last bullet point, that it is highly sensual and erotic. 
In certain places, it is dripping with eroticism. I bring some examples of that in how to read the Jewish Bible. And I also encourage you to look at the notes on the Song of Songs in the Jewish Study Bible, which, you give, which will give you a sense that there is nothing to suggest that it was written as an allegory, but instead is a set of secular love poems. And like much love poetry, it is very highly ambiguous. The greatest ambiguity that you have in the Song of Songs is whether the love between these lovers is consummated or not. So to summarize the Song of Songs, and again, I could spend an entire 10 hours and have spent many 10-hour sessions teaching the Song of Songs. It is a collection, a late collection, that depicts premarital love and sex in a highly sensual and erotic term, in highly sensual and erotic terms. As such, it is very different than the rest of the Bible. It's Sitzimleben. Its life setting is unclear. We simply do not know when either the song as a whole or when the individual songs which comprise the song would have been recited. Maybe they were entertainment. Maybe they were used at wedding ceremonies. Maybe they were used in various contexts when individuals needed to be sexually aroused. Now the big question is, how did the Song of Songs become canonized? And here, the answer that I will give is very much intertwined with the nature of the Bible as a whole. Is the Bible Israel's sacred documents, in which case the Song of Songs only became canonized once it was understood allegorically as explaining the relationship between God and Israel? Or is the Bible something larger than that, broader than that? Is it a collection of Israel's central documents? And perhaps the Song of Songs was canonized within the Hebrew Bible because of this broad definition, and sex and eroticism was central to ancient Israelite life. And that is why the Song of Songs ultimately became part of the biblical canon. Finally, in terms of additional questions about the song, just note how ambiguous it is. Is its love fulfilled or not? Do we read it as a loose collection of poems, as individual poems, or perhaps as a sequential drama? As you read it, and I encourage you to read it many times in as many different translations as possible, I hope you will understand the brilliant line stated about the Song of Songs by Sa'aja Gaon. Gaon refers to the head of the Babylonian community in the post-Talmudic period, and Sa'aja was the most important of the Geonim. He wrote of the song in its introduction, it is like a lock whose key is lost or a diamond too expensive to purchase. I urge you to think about that dictum. The last time I lost a key to a lock, I threw the lock away. It was of no value. 
but the song is like a lock whose key has been lost because it is so ambiguous. We are not sure how to interpret it definitively, but nevertheless, even though that is the case, it still remains a diamond too expensive to purchase. I urge you to read and reread the song and to think about what is its attitude toward women. And I use these two pictures here as two competing notions. The one on the top, I'm sorry, the one on the left shows a man and a woman, and please note their head movements. This is a story which does not reach a happy ending. The male lover's head is in one direction, the female lover's head is in another direction. Contrast that with the depiction on the right, in which the male and the female are close together, love is fulfilled, and indeed, the woman plays a central role. Note how she is at the same level as the male, as opposed to the depiction that you have on the left, where the woman is significantly below the male. Read the song and decide for yourself whether or not this is a work which is more similar to Esther or more similar to Ruth. Is this a role in, is this a work in which women have active roles and which applauds women rather than, as the picture on the left, puts women in their proper place. That's it for today. Learn more about Maya online, including how you can help a member of the armed services take our paid online courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash online. We'd love your feedback about today's show. Email us at mayaonline at hebrewcollege.edu. If you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes or whichever podcasting service you use to subscribe. Our music is from Gala, a 10th anniversary celebration of the Rabbinical School of Hebrew College. Thanks for listening.